Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you. And this is Wednesday, July 18th, and you are tuned into Battleground. Well, I hope you're enjoying this uh, beautiful summer. Uh, it is summer in southern Ontario, that's for sure, and I'm sure it is that way elsewhere. And uh, speaking of sunny skies, uh, potentially some good news emanating from across the pond in the UK. As you know, uh, the head honcho of Rebel Media, Ezra Levent, he is in London covering the Tommy trial. And I think we should kick off the show with that. In fact, why don't we go to one of Ezra's most recent reports, and I'll give you a more immediate updating from some of Ezra's tweets, um, because they have wrapped for the day over in London. So um, if I can call on Mr. Producer um, to go to Ezra's tweet. I was sorry, Ezra Ezra's Levant here video. for the Media. I am outside the Royal Courts of Justice on the Strand in Westminster, which is really just a neighborhood of London. Three of the most senior judges in the entire United Kingdom, including the Lord Chief Justice himself, are presiding over the appeal. Tommy Robinson has four lawyers. On the other side, a lawyer for the Attorney General of the United Kingdom. We haven't heard from him yet. We'll hear that after this short break. The two big headlines coming out of the case today so far are number one, Tommy is not just appealing his sentence, but rather the conviction itself, and he's actually appealing his Canterbury conviction from a year ago. The second is the shocking treatment of Tommy by the authorities, especially in prison, refusing to allow him to meaningful, meaningfully, meaningfully confer with his own lawyers. The details were just amazing. I'm pleased to say that the judges are allowing us to live tweet from the courtroom subject only to a publication ban covering a rape gang trial in Leeds. So if you want a lot of detail minute by minute, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter or we'll post this and other videos as we make them at TommyTrial.com. Well, there you have it, folks. And of course, we have more recent news because they have wrapped for the day in London. And uh, Ezra has been treating out, uh, tweeting out rather that the Chief Justice says they have a complicated task before them. Um, I'm not really sure why it's that complicated, given the facts of the matter and given what's being stated at this trial and given that Remember, his arrest dates back to, I believe it was May 25th, when Tommy was first picked up outside that courtroom where that uh, Muslim rape gang uh, was going on trial. So um, it, it's kind of funny when they talk about a complicated task. It's, it almost sounds to me like, um, well, we're the state, we're the chief justices. Um, we really don't know the law that well. And, you know, this has been thrust upon us in only, oh, uh, you know, two and a half months. So uh, my spidey senses are kind of tingling there. And uh, as Ezra notes as well, they hope to complete it. Uh, that's this complicated task uh, before the end of this month, July. Um, that I agree with Ezra here. He has tweeted that this seems excessively slow and that you'd think if they have to take that much time, why not grant Tommy bail in the meantime? I mean, I don't think... Tommy is a flight risk. I don't think he is a danger to society at large. So I guess what I'm saying here, folks, is that there seems to be a little bit of um, vindictiveness here on the behalf of the uh, British justice system when it comes to Tommy Robinson uh, that we really don't see being applied to anyone else. Uh, far from it, actually. We, we see with certain individuals committing certain crimes uh, the justice system bending over backwards to the point of leniency. Um, why is there this double standard when it just comes to somebody who is the messenger? And I think really what we've learned, and if you're honest about it, and much of the mainstream media in Britain is not honest about this, uh, it's that Tommy is a political prisoner. Uh, I really believe that, and I think that's a disgrace, uh, especially for a country with such a rich history of freedom and rights 
as the United Kingdom. So that is what we have on Tommy. Um, it looks like we won't hear anything concrete until the end of the month. Uh, I hope because his shoddy treatment has been highlighted in this court and the authorities should be absolutely ashamed of themselves that they've treated Tommy this way. I hope that's going to end. Uh, we have now shed some light on this and um, at least in the meantime, um, I know the end of July, that's literally less than two weeks away. Uh, Tommy has a more comfortable run of it and is not denied his basic rights while in prison. In the meantime, here's a few things you can do. Um, number one, um, you can contribute to Tommy's legal fund. Um, th that's tommytrial.com. And all the money uh, going there is indeed going to Tommy's trial. Uh, second, there is uh, savetommy.com. Um, oh, sorry, uh, that, sorry, Mr. Producer, what, what is the proper, is it savetommy.com or tommytrial.com for the Tommy Legal Fund? tommytrial.com, indeed, I had it right the first time. Um, and of course, you can get your free Tommy ringtone at tommyringtone.com. And if you want to help Rebel uh, report uh, on this issue, you can make a donation. That's a separate fund from the money that we're raising from Tommy. And finally, if you want, uh, you can tweet hashtag free Tommy and uh, get your opinions out there. And let's see what is going on in the UK right now, uh, according to our, our viewers. Uh, Synthwork says, I ain't paying no lawyers. Well, um, the problem is, Synthworks, if you don't pay lawyers, especially in a trial where the Chief Justice is calling it a complicated task, can you imagine a lay person? Could you imagine, you know, and Tommy's a bright guy. Could you imagine him defending himself in something that the Chief Justice calls a complicated task? You need lawyers, and you need good lawyers. You need sharks in uh, a trial like this. I mean, that's why we're raising this money. It's not to make a buck off it. It's to help Tommy get justice and get out of jail. And um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, BMTV writes, Tommy can die in jail. Um, you're probably right. I think that's why he is in solitary. He has in an incredible number of enemies uh, in prison that would, um, Consider that a badge of honor to harm or do something even worse to Tommy. Let's all pray that nothing like that does happen. It hasn't happened. But it doesn't excuse the fact that the people, the guards, the people running the prison are denying Tommy his rights. That is egregious and it shouldn't be happening. And um, to uh, let's see, we have... Uh, Miss Green Eyes X, the government should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, and you know something, Miss Green Eyes? I don't think the British government realized what they were getting into. I thought, you know, if we go back to May 25th, when uh, those, uh, I think it was seven police officers, if memory serves, descended upon Tommy and uh, hustled him into a paddy wagon, and uh, in a matter of minutes, um, you know, found guilty, banged, contempt of court, in a prison. Um, I think they thought this was going to be the end of it. And lo and behold, around the world, there has been free Tommy protests. And uh, in the UK, there's been some very vocal protests about freeing Tommy. And I think it dawned on them that, my goodness, instead of shutting down this busybody, this motor mouth, this messenger, um, we're potentially turning him into a martyr. And uh, that's not going to serve the government for its own selfish uh, needs. And CP Nationals writes, we will never be silenced by our corrupt government. <clears throat> uh, good point, CP. Uh, as Ezra said, he thinks that Canada's maybe uh, five years, ten years behind the UK. I mean, when you see things like uh, M103, the motion banning Islam, and uh, 
Islam, uh, 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 sorry, the motion banning, <laughs> Freudian slip there, folks, the motion banning racism, but especially Islamophobia. And you see how that's being interpreted in Canada. I think this is the proverbial thin edge of the wedge in terms of shutting down uh, the opinions of people who have, uh, let's shall we say, impolite opinions of uh, certain groups, certain faiths. So let's watch that. And I have a clarification from Mr. Producer. It is actually SaveTommy.com for the legal fund. So uh, forgive me, folks. SaveTommy.com, that is money for Tommy's legal fund. There it is there. And for Ezra's expenses, it is TommyTrial.com. That is TommyTrial.com if you want to contribute to Ezra's expenses. That's a completely separate uh, fundraising initiative on behalf of Rebel. We are not taking money from SaveTommy.com. Every single penny is going towards Tommy's legal defense there. And the reason why we need uh, contributions and we need to ask, uh, you know, rely upon your generous generosity uh, is that it's very expensive to go to London. I mean, bu booking a flight uh, in the last minute, which was the case in uh, this scenario, um, hotel rooms, even cabs, uh, it is very expensive. And um, that is why we're relying on the generosity of our viewers. And you know what, folks, you always come through. So if you can give anything, a buck to $5, it all helps. And um, I just saw a comment from David. Canada is not crude, get out and protest. Um, well, we've been covering protests. We covered, um, my cameraman Efren and I, we went down to the, um, uh, the British consulate at Bay and College uh, last month. And um, there was a group of, um, it was several dozen people. Um, and you know, again, people will say, well, why aren't there hundreds there? Well, it was a Friday around 1.30 if memory serves. So many people are working just trying to, you know, make ends meet. But I'll tell you, the people that were there, including um, war veterans, who had a lot to say, I mean, they were very vocal, they were very intelligent about their support for Tommy. And uh, again, like I said, here is something that I believe the UK uh, powers that be thought would go away on May 25th and instead uh, they have created a monster of Frankensteinian proportions and um, let's see uh, let's see Elos X so much of us back Tommy it's just a shame so many feel scared to say so and you know you raise a very good point as well as we've brought uh, to your attention on this show previously just imagine, not so much in Canada, but in the UK, 900 police officers, 900 police officers not patrolling the streets, not going after rape gangs, you know, not showing a, a sense of public security, but rather at their desk, looking into a computer like this and searching for any kind of uh, what they deem to be irresponsible or hateful tweet or social media posting and they typically find people who are just venting or expressing an opinion that goes contrary to the politically correct polite society of Britain and uh, the next thing you know it's usually three or four in the morning I don't know why they do that other than absolute pure intimidation and scare tactics they're knocking on your door and it's hello hello did you uh, send this out on the uh, social media and then you've got some trouble. I mean, even if you're not found guilty, um, there's an economic penalty because going back to lawyers and legal fees, you need a lawyer to defend yourself or you're screwed. Trust me on that, folks. And so even if they can't get you by the letter of the law, they will economically discipline you for having a contrary opinion. And again, that is more egregious behavior from a, a country uh, that is should be all about freedom and rights 
And um, Terry Wynn Stanley writes, free Tommy if he has been denied his legal rights in prison. That is illegal. Free Tommy and ban Islam and the Quran and mosques in the UK. Well, the ban on Islam and the Quran and mosques in the UK, that's never going to happen. And um, really, nor should it. I think, um, you know, here's some radicalism from me if you want, folks. How about treating everybody equally under the law? How about not showing special treatment and special privileges for certain groups? And I think that's what's going on. And um, to your first point about uh, Tommy being denied legal rights, uh, again, uh, once he gets out and once this is behind him, I guess it's up to him to pursue that. And once again, that's going to be a very costly uh, proposition. Uh, as they say, you know, you, it's very tough to fight City Hall. And um, let's see. Uh, now, here's a, an interesting one. Mickey Monkchunk, all Tommy haters are pedophiles. Well, I wouldn't say that. And you have to be careful with language like that, folks. I mean, th this reminds me of uh, Elon Musk and the Thailand uh, cave rescue for those young soccer players where he had developed this little mini submarine and one of the, um, uh, the experts on site basically said it was really a publicity stunt and Musk tweeted in, in response that this fellow was a, I think the words were pedo, pedo guy, you know, implying that he's a pedophile. To me, that's actionable. And uh, here we are. Uh, Elon Musk apologizes for calling Thai cave rescuer a uh, pedo. Um, that's the first step in the right direction for Mr. Musk, because that is certainly an actionable thing. And again, it comes down to this. We don't have to re you know, resort to ad hominem attacks on those we oppose. Um, we just have to state the facts. So let us not play that kind of game. And um, uh, <clears throat> Real Men Fish writes, if Tommy was a confessed convicted terrorist like Omar Khadr, Trudeau would give him a pass and 10.5 million bucks. Well, you know, I hope uh, we're, we're kind of conflating two separate issues here, but I really, I'm really glad, uh, Real Men Fish, that you bring this up. Let us, this, this payment to Cotter was made last summer, if I believe, uh, last July, I think. And let us always keep this top of mind because next year, of course, is a ele federal election for Canada. And we shouldn't forget about these kind of payments and other payments uh, to people like Omar Cotter, who is a convicted terrorist. And don't forget, not just a payment, but a public apology. Can't remember, does, can anyone remember if Trudeau cried for that one? I know he cries when he gives apologies to natives and to gays and uh, he cried meeting a Broadway, uh, you know, cast of a play backstage. I, I have no idea why he cried there. He cried when he was given a photograph of his father. Uh, did he cry at that apology too? And I'm always still so miffed that the ostensible reason that the Liberals say they gave that big juicy check of 10.5 million was the fact that, well, you know, to fight this in court, uh, it would be, you know, in the tens of millions, maybe even the hundreds of millions, and, and perhaps we're going to lose. You know, it's funny, folks, isn't it, when it comes to Omar Khadr, that the Liberals, the tax and spend Liberals, suddenly become fiscal conservatives with our money? Suddenly they're worried about the bottom line and the, the budget, the deficit, and doing the right thing financially? So, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't buy that. And I would say this, being a fiscal conservative myself, that... Even if this was a fool's errand, I think on a matter of principle, they should have fought that hammer and tong, this idea of giving that uh, rat, that sewer rat, um, any compensation. By the way, am I going to get condemned for calling Omar Khadr a sewer rat? I know, you know, if Desmond Cole's tuning in, he didn't like it when Mayor John Tory referred to a couple of gangbangers as sewer rats when they... Um, shot at some little girls on a playground. Um, 
sewer rats have feelings too. So to the sewer rat community out there, uh, I, I imagine I owe you an apology. And uh, I owe you one, but you're not going to get it. And let's see. Oh, I'm having some, you know, technical difficulties. Maybe uh, one of my uh, Mr. Producers will come in and... Uh, Oh no, it's it's back. It's working again. It's just me, folks. By the way, I refer to my crew now as Mr. Producer because they don't want their names being used and they don't want their extracurricular activities being talked about. I think we have a bunch of people at the Rebel Dot Media that are in the witness protection program, folks. I mean, I'm even in the phone book. I don't know what these guys are afraid of. I only use their first name too, but um, things seem to be working. So let's find something else to talk about on uh, uh, Tommy, um, if I can. And I think I saw something up here. Uh, SynthWorks uh, says, uh, sewer rat is acceptable. Okay, you have redeemed yourself, SynthWorks. And um, Real Man Fish again says, also going into the next election, let's not forget Sergeant Spear and his widow and children. Uh, indeed, you know, remember one of the guys putting him back together, uh, losing his life. Uh, for him as well. And we have a super chat from Andy, two pounds. Thank you so much for your generosity, Andy. And Sadiq Khan, baby balloon to fly every day over Luton. Now, is is that an actual statement of fact, Andy, or is that something you hope for? Um, it's something I hope for, <laughs> and and therefore I do hope it's a statement of fact. But if you have something recent on that crowdfunder for the Sadiq Khan balloon. And there it is. This never gets old. Um, and you know, I hope it's that big uh, because judging by the, uh, the perspective, uh, that would make the Sadiq Khan baby balloon about five times bigger than the so-called gigantic Donald Trump balloon, which was actually between something like 15 and 20 feet tall, you know, bouncy castle size and um, let us see what uh, we have here um, and um, Michael Sephiroth hope I pronounced your name correctly Michael what are the facts behind moving Tommy from the initial prison to a fully Muslim and grooming gang member inmates um, Great question. And when Ezra continues his reporting, maybe that will come up in the trial. Uh, maybe it won't. Um, I would say again, this is the state using its power of intimidation. Um, I can't think of any good reason. Like I said, it's not as though uh, Tommy is a risk to society or uh, anyone else for that matter. And uh, let's, oh, we got another a uh, super chat, I believe. Let me just try to, okay, from Nigel, two pounds again. Thank you again, Nigel, for your generosity. You are cursed if you say Jesus is God's son, and that is according to the Quran. Um, you know what? I don't know if that is a line or not from the Quran. I'll have to look into it. Um, it would, it's kind of funny, though, because I know in Islam, Jesus is indeed a revered prophet, um, so could be true, couldn't, I don't know. And, um, we have from Wayne McLaughlin at Bob Zembico. We don't all put up with Justin Trudeau. A large portion of Canadians despises Justin Trader Trudeau. Um, yeah, I, I can't fault you there from what I've seen. Uh, there is a huge block of people that don't like what Trudeau and the Liberals are doing. I'm more worried, folks, about um, apathy going into the next election. Um, that is, people that are still looking at the issues based on optics as opposed to the facts. And those people that still buy into, well, you know, he's a good-looking guy, he's got nice hair, great abs, um, and they're really not drilling down any deeper than that. That's what really scares me about the chances of this regime being reelected again. It's a possibility, you know, who knows. But, you know, um, I've always uh, agreed with Ezra's take on what happened in the last federal election. And I think this, you know, speaks to some hope for those who support regime change in Ottawa. And that is, it wasn't so much 
the liberals doing outstandingly well or the conservatives doing outstandingly bad, but it was about the NDP cratering in the province of Quebec. Um, remember, going back two elections ago, um, the NDP uh, had stunning gains. And I think one of the big reasons they cratered in Quebec was a fatal fall, flaw by their former leader, Thomas Mulcair, who, as you recall, he went to bat for that woman in Mississauga who was trying to get her citizenship uh, sworn in wearing the niqab, the full face concealing uh, Islamic garment. And that doesn't play all that well in Quebec. Remember, going back last year, Quebec uh, passed the um, so-called anti-face mask bill, and this was by a liberal government in Quebec. Uh, so um, I think uh, Mulcair died on this issue. I guess he's sticking to his principles. I, I don't know what principle he's standing up for in terms of uh, you know, advocating that somebody uh, wears a facial disguise in public, especially at a, a citizenship swearing in. But he did stick to his principle and uh, he paid the price. And you know what? We're paying the price now. We have the Justin Trudeau liberals who are proving with every passing month that they remain the not ready for primetime players. And like I said, uh, let's see if um, uh, what happens in Battleground Quebec come the next election. And you know, um, it is one thing you can say about Quebec basically on any election is that it is an incredibly fickle province. They swing back and forth. So um, let's see what else we have. I think we might have another super chat. Um, help needed, five pounds. Thank you for the five pound donation, help needed. Can Tommy go into politics with his record? For me, he should be immigration minister. Oh, can you imagine? You know, I, um, I don't know what the rules are in the UK if a uh, criminal conviction precludes you from running. I don't think it would. I guess if you've served your time, you've paid your debt to society, I don't think it would. But um, Tommy has had uh, his experience in politics. I, I, I don't think from when I've spoken to him, it, it's what he wants to do in the future. I might be wrong about that. Maybe things change. I think he likes being uh, a commentator. I think he likes doing the social media thing of calling BS of what's happening in, in his uh, country. And, and maybe he's getting more attention that way. And certainly that would be the case right now, uh, thanks to his incarceration. Certainly his story, his issue is getting out there. And um, so I think we've pretty much covered off the, the, the Tommy trial for now, folks. If you want the most recent updates, uh, please go on to Ezra Levent's Twitter feed. He's got all the latest. And uh, as of now, just to recap, if you just joined us late, the uh, court is out for the day uh, across the pond. And the Chief Justice says that they have a complicated task before them and that they hope to complete this task before the end of July. And as Ezra says, that seems excessively slow and you think they'd at least grant Tommy bail in the meantime. I agree, I don't think Tommy's a risk, and uh, especially since it's come out in the court about how shoddy his treatment has been in prison, uh, that would be a way of making amends, don't you think? So what else do we have? Well, uh, Trudeau came up in our discussion and uh, just announced uh, maybe two hours ago this morning uh, there's a bit of a cabinet shuffle. Uh, Trudeau is realigning the deck. I guess it's uh, in advance of going into the election for next year. And, um, and look who we have. We have Bill Blair, uh, an MP who was not a cabinet minister, and they've created a new uh, position for him. By the way, I should say that it's not really much of a shuffle. All the senior cabinet ministers uh, remain, you know, Morneau, Freeland, Sajan, Bryson, uh, they're all there. Um, but Bill Blair is now, get this, the, he has the newly created role of Minister of Border Security and Organized Crime Reduction. And uh, maybe that's saying the same thing with two different words given who's coming over the border these days. Um, I, I've got to tell you folks, 
Um, this doesn't fill my sails with optimism. I'm not a big Bill Blair fan, going back to when he was the chief of police uh, in Toronto. And I'll tell you why. I think it was, I'm going by memory here, and I'm only going to be paraphrasing, not using direct quotes. But I remember Bill Blair having a press conference as the chief of police. And I believe the press conference was about the sentencing coming up for a criminal who had killed a Toronto police officer while on duty. And what got my spidey senses tingling uh, greatly was when Bill Blair said words to the effect of, we can't just be concerned about the pursuit of justice, we have to be concerned about social justice as well. And I went, uh, no, you're the chief of police of the largest police force in the country. Uh, you're about law and order. You're about preventing crime. What are you talking about, social justice? This is the kind of crapola we hear on the campuses of U of T and Ryerson, you know, and other uh, bastions of social justice warriorism. To hear the chief of police speak like this. So he played his cards, I think, with that one statement. And suddenly, Bill Blair, um, who has a soft spot for social justice, whatever that means, uh, and if anyone can offer a definition, I would love to hear it. He's now in the newly created role of Minister of Border Security and Organized Crime uh, Reduction. Um, are you happy about that, folks? Please lay in, weigh in, and uh, I shall get to your comments. And uh, a super tweet here from um, Steep6, $5. Thank you very much for that. Uh, no comment, though. So I'll just say thank you so much for the five bucks. I do appreciate it. And um, let's see, go on. So anyways, if you'd like to weigh in on the Trudeau cabinet shuffle and your opinions of Bill Blair in this, uh, what should be an important role, uh, please have your say. Uh, it should also be noted uh, that um, one of my Mr. Producers, whose name I cannot say, pointed out to me because he has an eagle eye, that with the shakeup in the cabinet, it is now 18 men and 17 women. Uh-oh. What happened to the 50-50 split? And why is it that if it's an odd number, it's automatically a male MP? I mean, remember Justin Trudeau, when he was asked about this, um, the 50-50 gender uh, quota cabinet, uh, it's because it's 2015. Well, I guess because it's 2018, the 2015 rules don't apply. And do you know what else really irked me about that? Um, when you think about it, folks, if you're simply, you know, making the cabinet up based on gender, well, maybe there's so much female talent there that they should actually be more than 50% of the cabinet ministers. So in a way, um, sticking to that 50-50 split to begin with could have been discriminatory against females. Who's to say? So um, yeah, so much for the gender equity uh, cabinet. I guess we'll have to uh, bring that up to him on the, uh, the campaign trail. And um, so let's see what, uh, okay then. Um, Bear with me. Um, okay, I guess we're getting more comments about Tommy. Uh, strong exorcist says, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Even if there was a crime, Tommy is a political prisoner. Well, you know, strong exorcist, uh, I agree with you there. And if the crime was indeed contempt of court, I think what Ezra has done on so many occasions in this space has shown that the precedents for contempt of court. And we're talking about repeat violators. Nobody got 13 months in jail. Nobody. I mean, I mean it is so over the line. All right, and we have Mr. Producer number one tells me we have two super chats and I'm struggling to find them. Um, and maybe we can have one of the trained broadcast professionals come in because as you know, my feeling about machines, folks, is they are out to screw you. So that's kind of frozen up in the meantime. Anyways, 
welcome more thoughts on Tommy and um, more of your opinions on the cabinet shuffle, which is no longer a gender equity cabinet anymore. And um, from Eric Heaps, and not one solicitor will defend him. This is how deep it goes. Well, you know, he does have a good lawyer, but uh, you're quite right. Uh, Ezra has outlined in the past that when we started shopping for lawyers, how, how tough this was to get good legal talent to represent Tommy Robinson. And uh, these weren't schleppers. These were guys getting, you know, a thousand pounds an hour. But um, it was too much of a political hot potato for them to take on. I mean, they wouldn't tell us that. They would say some kind of legalese gobbledygook. And um, so that, again, leads me to believe that he is a political prisoner at the end of the day. And thanks to my trained broadcast professional that came in while you were looking at the Save Tommy graphic there, I can now read the two Super Chats. And from Nigel again, two pounds. Thank you, Nigel. Free Jeremy Bamber, now 33 years of injustice. I will have to research that, Nigel, to give you an informed opinion, if that is possible. And from Bob Bartos, uh, $2. Thank you, Bob. Canada sucks again. Thanks, Justin. Well, you know what? Um, you can always uh, get your uh, Make Canada Great Again uh, caps. Uh, we, uh, we sell those here at The Rebel. And um, whenever we have a Rebel live event, it is so nice to see those red Make Canada Great Again uh, caps in the audience because Canada shouldn't suck and it doesn't deserve to suck. This is the greatest country in the world, despite who's in the seat of power in Ottawa right now. And um, let's go on. Um, Jason Shardlow says, Tommy does not deserve jail. And I would agree with you that even if he is in contempt of court, he certainly doesn't deserve 13 months uh, based on precedent in the UK. That is overkill. And, uh, da, 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 da. and yeah, it looks like it's, it's all Tommy all the time. Uh, no one wants to talk about the, uh, the cabinet shuffle. Aside from PKE racing, a junkie Ottawa is a city of leeches. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, that is where so many of our tax dollars end up. But it always goes to um, good endeavors, doesn't it, folks? Like um, $10.5 million to a convicted terrorist. And... Um, Okay. David Jeffrey Spetch says, laughing out loud, 17 versus 18, I normally would comment, but since it is Trudeau being attacked, I'll just sit back and laugh, Menzies. And laugh you should, uh, because he is being, what's that phrase again? Hoisted on his own petard. I hope, you know, in a, an upcoming press conference that he's taken to task on this uh, non-50-50 split anymore. And don't let him off with, well, it's an odd number. Um, we really should push for the, um, that extra MP to be female. Wouldn't that be part of um, uh, Justin and his uh, feminist ideology uh, coming to the uh, fore? And um, all right. Okay. All right. So moving right along, what else do we have here? Okay, let's lighten it up a little bit, if that's possible. Um, have you heard about a supermodel? Her name is Mara Martin. Well, you probably haven't heard about her until today. And we're going to run a clip which will show why suddenly everybody in the world, it seems, at least in the fashion business, is talking about her. Let's, let's check that out. Mara Martin. She's the swimsuit model creating a big splash for breastfeeding her baby on the runway. 30-year-old Mara Martin rocked a metallic gold bikini in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit runway show in Miami. But getting just as much attention is her five-month-old daughter, Aria, nursing while wearing headphones to protect her little ears from the loud music. And look, she's wearing her own little bikini bottoms over her diaper. Magazine editor MJ Day told the Today Show that it wasn't planned to go like this. Mara was holding her baby and was nursing her. I was like, 
you want to just nurse when you walk down the runway? She was like, I would love to do that. Take me back to that moment when you step out. The magazine editor came over to me and said, if you want to continue feeding your baby and walk down the runway, I completely support you. Social media reaction was swift and mostly supportive. Love this. Mothers are super women and that should be celebrated. <laughs> you know, um, I'm not one of these guys, uh, folks, that gets upset when a, uh, a woman is breastfeeding in public and, you know, sometimes nature calls and you're in a restaurant, you're at a shopping mall, and I, I, I have absolutely zero problem with that. But why do I get the idea that we're being gamed here, that this was really an elaborate publicity stunt? I mean, I'm reading the newspaper story in The Sun, and um, Mara says she was pleased to receive so many positive comments, but she questioned why her actions were deemed as newsworthy. Um, well, I think it's because if you're a supermodel and your job is to spend a couple of minutes strutting on stage, surely there was some other time in which you could have breastfed your baby. I mean, the idea that this just uh, organically came about that, um, oh, um, I have to do my um, uh, strutting of my uh, gold bikini uh, and Junior needs um, feeding right now. Uh, what a unfortunate coincidence. Oh, no, I'm not buying that. In fact, I think it kind of belittles the whole idea of a mother breastfeeding her child. Uh, it's almost as though she was holding this baby as... Um, I don't know, a Chanel bag. Look at my latest accessory. Yes, it's a designer baby that came out of my womb. Isn't she beautiful? Um, by the way, I, I, I can't, you know, you saw that clip, folks. They were doing some a fuzzy blue dot effect on her rear end, but she is, correct me if I'm right, uh, wrong, uh, guys, she, she was wearing bottoms, right? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know why that blue dot was there. Anyways, and that was the back, not the, uh, not, not the front. So I, um, you know, it kind of remi reminds me of, um, I can't remember her name. It was a liberal MP, I believe, in the House of Commons that brought her child uh, to a vote and breastfed her there. Like I said, not against, uh, here we are, uh, Karina Gould applauded for breastfeeding son in House of Commons. Now, the thing is, wouldn't you think that there's like a, a quiet place for that? Or wouldn't you think that maybe on this day, the husband or, or the father could take care of the child or maybe the nanny, or that there could be some other kind of arrangement? Again, I think this is a, um, a stunt, essentially, uh, to, um, you know, say to everybody, look at me, look at me, I'm, I'm breastfeeding in public, so, so take that. And again, I think the vast majority of people are not against anyone breastfeeding in public. Every, I don't know, year, two years, there's always some story of somebody losing their stuff in a restaurant because, you know, a, a woman had the temerity to discreetly uh, breastfeed her child. But I think for, the, for most of us, that's not the case. But this, this, come on, this is a publicity stunt. And I would love to see what you have to say about this as well. We have some Super Chats, folks. So we have one here from Elaine Finn, $15, but no comment. Well, Elaine, please uh, weigh in, but thank you so much for your generous donation. Greatly appreciate that. And, and Mr. Producer number one is saying there is one above that in green. You know, I'm telling you, when they come out here, this computer doesn't freeze, but it is freezing right now. Or maybe it's not registering any body heat from my fingers. Maybe I'm in a stage of zombification. Uh, because this mouse is not moving along. And I'm so sorry to bore you with my technical difficulties, folks. Click in the window. Okay. I am doing that, Mr. Producer. And how about we... Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, uh, -da -da. All right, it is working again. Okay. So from John... Singus, I, I hope I pronounced your uh, name right, John. Uh, donation of $2. Thank you so much for that. OLG scribbled on your ticket and then blamed you. Nuts. Wow, that, um, that's completely off topic, but I'm happy to, to discuss this. Yeah, I had an incredible uh, thing happen to me. I think it's going back to uh, last year. 
and it was about the OLG, which is the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation. And I was trying to claim a winning lottery ticket. Um, and it wasn't um, a, uh, a jackpot of Lotto Max proportions by any means. It was actually about $1,100. And the way the rules are in Ontario, if you're claiming uh, a lottery win of over 1000 you have to go through the um, Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation. Otherwise, you can get a retailer to pay you up to $999.99. So I go in there. First of all, I couldn't remember the precise retail location where I bought the ticket. I told them it was the town of Richmond Hill, which turned out to be right. And um, it, it, despite the fact that I think there's over 400 municipalities in Ontario, lo and behold, I did get the right municipality for them. That wasn't uh, good enough for the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation. So what they did is not only folks did they not pay me my $1,100, I had to, um, uh, they, they, sorry, they confiscated the winning ticket as well. Now, this is my property. This is my possession. Uh, in law, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And, uh, but according to OLG regulations, that is apparently above the law. And what this uh, individual is referring to here about the, um, the OLG scribbling on my ticket um, I actually had to file, I'm not making this up, I had to file a small claims lawsuit to get my money back, money of a, of a winning ticket that I legitimately won. And what came up as evidence is that the ticket was defaced with scribbles. And actually, it was more than just scribbles, it was black magic marker lines that were drawn through all of the ticket. But here's the thing, folks, not a single you know, micron of ink came from my pen or my marker. It was all the OLGs doing. And I could prove that by their own surveillance camera footage, which showed that I gave them a clean ticket that was completely unmarked. I guess, you know, just to wrap this story, um, the OLG, as you may know, going back uh, almost 10 years, uh, it was the recipient of the most scathing report ever from a provincial ombudsman uh, in terms of corruption, in terms of fraud, in terms of looking the other way when they came across corruption and fraud. And my experience is this government monopoly, which is only answerable to itself, is still acting in this kind of fashion. Okay, then. All right, then. And so, but thank you for remembering that because uh, you got my blood boiling again. <laughs> okay, oops. And I'm being told by Mr. Producer that there is a, and Mr. Producer, you are going to have to come back into this studio because. <laughs> okay, then. So the. Uh, the statement is, Tommy Robinson is Australia's champion too. And that's a super chat from Steep6. And uh, Steep6, I want to thank you uh, for your contribution. And yeah, Tommy Robinson, I would argue, should be a champion for every Western democracy. In fact, Tommy Robinson should be a champion for anyone, anywhere in the world, that cares about free speech and freedom of expression and freedom of the press and all the other freedoms that we take for granted, um, freedoms that are steadily being chipped away at, uh, especially in a country like the UK. And I really hope Ezra is wrong that, you know, Canada is, you know, 10 years away from UK draconianism. Uh, but I don't think he is unless we take a stance. Two more at the bottom, I'm told. And... Uh, Mr. Producer, the computer is completely frozen, so I'm going to have to depend on you to come in here. Oh boy, I'm getting that stink eye. I swear, folks, the computer is completely frozen in a way I've never seen it before. Um, well, uh, I'll see if we have any um, chats on the uh, breastfeeding on the catwalk story of Mara Martin. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I found this an interesting story yesterday. Uh, the Conservative Party pulled an attack ad 
depicting a black man illegally crossing the border. Um, I don't know if you came across this story, folks. It was uh, an attack ad and it showed uh, it was it was all about the uh, porous border that we have in Canada today. And evidently, because the um, uh, the individual crossing the border illegally was black, therefore that made this racist. And I don't understand why. I mean, were they supposed to use um, a white person to avoid the charges of racism? And when you look at a lot of the people that are crossing the border, oh, I don't know, Haitians, Nigerians, uh, we're talking about countries that are indeed predominantly black. So, you know, what is the issue? And I'm sorry to report that the Conservatives caved. Um, Andrew Scheer, well, he did it again. He uh, decided that he was going to capitulate rather than make the case and that this was completely fine. And, but, or is it? I mean, are, are these the new rules when it comes to diversity is our strength, except when it isn't, that if you are ever showing someone committing an illicit or illegal act, you cannot show somebody of color that it has to be, I suppose, a white person. Is this maybe more penance for those of us with this kind of complexion for our uh, supposed white privilege and white supremacy and all that other stuff that the uh, liberal left fires back at us? So um, again, I, um, I and by the way, the what the, the the tweet showed, what the ad showed was that the black man was carrying a suitcase walking over a tweet from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Um, the tweet is rolled out as a carpet entering a broken fence and the words faith and diversity are visible. You know, to be quite frank, I think that's quite clever. And I don't think the, and I, I don't know, do we have, um, uh, Mr. Producer number two and number three, do we have a image of that t tweet that we can... Uh, put up because uh, maybe it's taken down and expunged from history once and for all. But we'll, we'll see if we can get that for you. But again, um, why is it um, necessarily racist just because the person being shown is black? I don't get that. It's, it's again, the sewer rat analogy when Mayor John Tory called those two gangbangers shooting at two little girls in a playground sewer rats, and Desmond Cole um, basically charging John Tory with racism uh, because you know you're equating black people to sewer rats. Well, the fact of the matter, the, the joke was on Desmond Cole. Mayor Tory didn't even know the race of the shooters at the time. Uh, but again, sewer rats have feelings. Um, from flat dark earth. Um, I don't know if that's the earth or earth, but we'll go with earth. Uh, $10. Thank you so much for that. Love Rebel Media. Honest question. Why do you disparage millennials when you are more economically conservative than boomers? Oh, sorry. When they are more economically conservative than boomers. I'd rather have someone enforce gay marriage than a $20 trillion debt. Well, you know what? Um, it, it would indeed be wrong to judge a group uh, en masse by the actions of a percentage. But it just seems to me, and I mean, like, you know, when we, when we look upon stories uh, that emanate from the press, regardless of their uh, political stripes, um, so much is about millennials are upset about this or millennials are upset about that. I mean, one that comes to mind is, um, you know, millennials are triggered by friends. Do you remember that story? It was from a UK newspaper, and they thought that some of the themes that were in Friends, which to me is one of the most innocuous sitcoms ever, um, I mean, what's to get upset about? But they said it was, there was homophobia, sexism, transphobia, and so there's always these trigger points, and um, so we call them as we see them. And I have to say, too, that um, a lot of millennials will weigh in in the comment section and they'll say, I'm a millennial. Oh, God, please don't lump me in with the rest of this brethren. Uh, I'm not part of that. So good for you. But for some reason, 
this particular generation seems more sensitive, more triggered than those before it and those after it. I might be wrong, but this is what I'm uh, interpreting by the stories that are out there. And we have a very generous super chat for $22 uh, or 22 Norwegian kroner. Wow, what do you think that uh, works out to in Canadian dollars? Norwegian kroner uh, from Copa de Zoa. I hope I have pronounced your name right, uh, Copa. I think Copa is right. Um, and the chat is this, better be careful McMenjis, the MacBook may bite. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think it's the other way around, my friend, uh, Copa. I think I'm about to bite this uh, MacBook. Uh, it's frustrating me to no end. I don't know how Ezra uh, can so dutifully multitask the way he does. And he'll be back on Friday, by the way. You only have one more day of me putting up with technical difficulties. So uh, anyways, I see it is working again. And uh, why don't we check out what's being said from David KTVER. Rempel has a social media presence. Sheer doesn't exist outside of the Parliament lunchroom. You know, um, I'm a fan of Rempel. I sure hope Sheer picks up his game and I mean the clock is ticking but this capitulation yesterday over a tweet being uh, condemned as racist when I don't see the racism in it um, it's just it's more spinelessness uh, let's call it as we see it hey eh, folks so let's see what happens in the uh, weeks and months uh, to come and um, let's see love Roscoe, wealthy white neighborhoods, even if they're black or Hispanic. That's right. Not sure what that means, but if you can fill me in, I'm happy to uh, flesh that out. Um, let's go on. Okay. David Jeffrey Spetch again writes, a lot of people who you might think oppose the globalists at the same time are promoting globalist lies used to create war and divide. People need to wake up. Well, one step at a time. Let's wake up next year and have regime change in Ottawa. That's for sure. And uh, from Tammy, again, we have Bernier should not have been kicked out. Sheer is a big baby. Well, I agree. I, I think it's tragic what happened with Bernier. And uh, let's not forget, going back to the leadership convention, what were we talking about? I think it went to the 13th ballot between Bernier and Sheer, And we were talking about less than a percent um, in terms of the margin of victory. And I really wonder, folks, how things would have been different with Bernier in Scheer's position. I think it would have been for the better. You know, I, I know I've talked about that with uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed. She thinks so, too. And, uh, but it's a hypothetical question. And Scheer will get his chance next year. But like I said, please, uh, Andrew, uh, pick up your game already. I mean, I think there's been so many faux pas by this government, uh, so many fiascos, that these are lob balls coming over home plate just waiting to be hit out of the ballpark, and uh, the guy is A-W-O-L. I, I don't get it. If you want to be prime minister, uh, this is not the approach uh, to take. Uh, and Lupus writes, the plot to flood Europe with 200 million Africas, uh, Africans uh, by 2050. Well, you know what? I don't know if that is a plot, um, but certainly in terms of um, demographics, uh, there are, um, I guess, millions of migrants in the European continent right now, if you added up all the countries. And then you just let... Um, I guess demographics uh, do their stuff in terms of birth rates. And slowly but surely, you will see the profile of these nations change. And um, it's disturbing. And again, I guess just for us speaking about that, that's a measure of racism. Um, let's see, Love Roscoe says, the government supports welfare state, caliphate seekers and illegals to collapse nations. It's just that simple. If you don't think they believe their own rhetoric, do you? Ha ha ha. They all live in. Um, and you know what? Uh, it is costing us right now the cost, uh, and it's increasing on a daily basis for Ontario alone, uh, 
putting up with uh, migrants is 174 million. And as we discussed yesterday, a lot of those migrants are um, in hockey rinks that are out of service. They're in student dormitories that are out of service at least until the day after Labor Day. And the question arises, what happens when um, September comes and hockey players want to play hockey and students want to reside on campus? This is a real mess, folks. And from Observer Dude, five pounds. Thank you so much, Observer Dude, for your generosity. A few months ago, I nearly got kicked out of a pub just for mentioning Tommy Robinson. The owner threatened to kick me out. They got triggered so easily. You know, again, um, this is really uh, a despicable new trend. We talked about this yesterday with people with um, uh, MAGA hats, for example, or talking conservative politics, getting into Uber rides, and the driver just saying, get out of the car. And now here you, Observer Dude, getting out of a pub just for, you know, and, and I'm assuming you were just talking about your having support for Tommy Robinson. You weren't, you know, creating a commotion or a disturbance. I think that is despicable that you would be kicked out of a, a pub for doing that. And, you know, if you can, we're almost out of time. I see we're, you know, right at the finish line, folks. But Observer Dude, if you can... Uh, uh, communicate tomorrow about the details of what led to you being kicked out and what the other pub uh, patrons were saying when this happened. I would love to read that. I would love to know more about your story. Well, folks, uh, that is it for Wednesday, July 18th, 2018. Thank you so much for tuning into Battleground. I'll be here tomorrow. Ezra's back on Friday. And never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good afternoon.